No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongssummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by Shop Shop Tour Bus. bus. Shop Tour Bus. (laughs) Shop Shop Tour Bus. Bus. Shop Tour Bus. Yeah. Go to at Shop Tour Bus on Instagram or ShopTourBus.com and get yourself some fucking kick-ass shirts or hoodies. And when you check out, use the code NoSimpleRoad and Luke and the roadies will get you free shipping. They're going to pay for that shit. You aren't even going to have to pay to get the stuff delivered to your house, Apple. That is pretty awesome offer. I mean, come on. 
Seriously? Seriously. When I order stuff, and this is no bullshit, like, I'll order stuff off of, like, Amazon or whatever before I had Prime, and I'll see that the shipping is, like, $11 or whatever, and I'm like, fuck that. I'm not yeah. ordering it. Yeah, it yeah, was 30 bucks. It, now it's 41 it over the top. Yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's very cool that Luke and the roadies are supporting the show like that and helping us. And Yes, it is. Being part of the family, man. And I've noticed this week they had a new addition to the shop tour bus team. Kate has hey, Kate. joined the team, and I just saw she's put out her first box. So they have more people on the creative team adding to this cause. Cool shit. It, Lots of cool shit. If you don't know, I mean, if you listen to the show, you've heard me go on and on about shop tour bus. But if you don't know what it is, they sell really cool Grateful Dead inspired designed shirts and hoodies and soon they will be selling baby stuff and other things and whatnots and doodads and hoo-hahs right in time for we have a baby coming it's mm-hmm. gonna need shop tour bus baby gear yep but not only are you gonna get the shirt that you ordered or the hoodie and then you know you wait and it comes in like a mylar bag and you're like yeah i got my shirt and you open it up and put it on you Woo, and go to the show you throw away your mylar bag whatever it's like that is not the case with these guys you're gonna get an individually custom designed box that nobody else in the whole wide world has. Only you have that box with some really cool Grateful Dead lyric on the inside of it. And you're going to get a bootleg tape that somehow matches where you are in the space-time continuum right now. It's going to find you. Speaks directly towards yeah, that. It does that. It's it's bibliomancy with a book. What would it be with music? Musical romancy. Yeah, that. And you get a pencil to if the tape gets eaten in your 1997 Ford Explorer you can pull the tape out and spool it with the pencil they give you you're going to get stickers you're going to get candy gum gum i, I got, got gum. a chucky doll i mean i got a cool cowboy dude and now they're going to give you fucking man. free shipping to boot so to llama boot. to boot to boot they're going to give it to you so guys <laughs> Head over to shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram. Support the No Simple Road family. Get yourself some cool threads. Get yourself a hoodie. It's getting cold outside. Look, I'm wearing a fucking beanie and a sweater and shit. Yep. Yep. It's that time of year. That's what I said. And tell them No Simple Road sent you and punch that on in to get that free shipping. No Simple Road. No Simple Road. No simple Hey, this is Brendan from Umphreys McGee. This podcast is part of the Osiris Podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. Osiris works in partnership with Relics Magazine. Osiris. It's happening. Wires are getting crossed. Morphic fields are getting mashed together. Yeah. Yep. Fiber optics. Don't say fiber optics to me, sir. It's the weekend. I don't stop it. Beams of light and justice prevailing over the darkness of the universe. Wow. Apple's getting deep. Go ahead, Apple. Cross them wires. They want you to cross the wires. That's it. Okay. 
Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, now, no simple road family. Hi, guys. It's uh, it's today. It Here is we today. are. Wherever we are in the world, it's today. No matter All what. All day, every day. Wow. It's deep shit. Deep thoughts with Apple. So, this week is Dale drilling, guys. Everybody, clap. Yeah. Hey, Dale. Dale. Love you, Dale. So, we have all been following Dale's art, trolling and looking and admiring all this last tour and before that, and reached out and got him on the show. And what you're about to hear is his journey through life. Um, it was really cool to talk to him and find out that our roots are the same. Yeah, there's a lot of punk connections mm-hmm. and stuff that... And I I don't know, I never really thought about it, like, coming from the punk rock scene and then getting turned on to the Grateful Dead, it was such a departure for me personally. The, the worlds were so fucking vastly different. But now that I'm older and I have the <laughs> benefit of hindsight, like, it is true, there's a lot of crossover and a lot of similarities between the two things, like... The Grateful Dead really did have a punk rock attitude towards what they did and life and how they handled their business and all of it. Both anti-establishment and yeah. doing your own thing, being free. Being free. Be free. It's been a long fucking summer, man. Yeah, it has. Speaking of being free. This is, yes. There's a lot of freedom happening around here. Now, now with the change in the weather, it's become like hunker down time family time holiday time it's me and baby time yeah babies there's a baby coming my grandson is coming to the house he's not here well he's here but he he's not here yet yep yeah he's gonna be here crying and pooping and making noise justin and lacy are having a baby yeah justin you guys are Your almost there. They're having a baby. There's babies everywhere, man. What's up with that? Love is in the air. I guess so. Maybe it's the time of year. It was no the time of year was nine months ago. Alex is right. Nine months ago was when the babies happened. Love was in the air nine months. Ago. You're right. Yeah, it's like this, right this a bunch of New Year's conceived for... babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. September 14th. 2018. Woo! Boom. Baby making time. Babies in October. So. Yeah, lots of change, man. Like, um, I'm going to say this personally. I did a lot of journeying this summer. And that last trip at Dick's and then coming home and trying to re-enter the world has been mm, not difficult, but strange. This, yeah. This, yeah, it's no, been like, tough, man. And we've seen it like we we're talking about on Instagram. We've seen a lot of you that we've interviewed, and everybody is having that that post tour blues. blues. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I catch myself like remembering a moment at a show over the summer, and I'm like, kind of like pining away for it. And I was like feeling like it was just me, and then I started like looking on Instagram and seeing other people like posting pictures from shows over the summer being like well waiting for the next one like okay i guess i'm not the only one out here that's i got the post tour let's do something blues like yeah yeah but waiting to see who's doing fall tours on little runs and yeah yeah. what are we gonna do man we're gonna we're gonna hang out here we're gonna have parties and 
Hang catch out with up friends. on recaps like Eugene and June. Oh, shit. You didn't just go there? We do have a Eugene we're, recap that we owe you guys. Yeah, we're going to have to sit and listen to the show again. Yep. Like, to get it fresh. And... We were in Eugene? Yeah. Yeah, like 18 years ago. Whoa. <laughs> it does. It seems like it was another lifetime. It really it does. Really, really does. But yeah, we're going to get all that stuff out to you guys, and we are working on some other cool stuff for the show. And I just want to say, we have a couple of really, really cool things that have happened over the past couple of weeks. First one I want to mention is we have a new patron, guys. Let's hear it. Applause. Applause. His name. Chandonators. He is uh, I think he's a Chandonator Supreme or Deluxe. I can't remember, but it is Jesse R. Jesse. Jesse. Bro. You rock. We speak your name. We speak your name, dude. <laughs> Fucking thank you from the bottom of each of our weird cosmic hearts here on the porch. Thank you for helping keep the lights on, keep us going, keeping everything moving. We appreciate you, man. And it means a lot. It means a fucking ton. And every time one of those comes in, it seems like it's at the perfect moment. Every time that I'm like at work, struggling through the day, and like, I don't know, man, I, the show, and then I get these these emails, and boom, new patron, and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's keep doing it. So I appreciate that. And then the other awesome thing that happened over the past couple of weeks one of our wonderful listeners out there. Well, okay, let me back up. Beep, beep, beep. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting out here with Apple. We were getting ready to record an intro for a show. And I was thinking to myself, man, it sure does take a lot of time to like edit these shows and put them together. Like, Whenever we put out an episode, my entire afternoon is gone, which is fine. That's cool. I decided to do this. I'm going to do my thing. But I was like, you know what, Apple, I'm going to teach you how to do this so that I'm not the only one around here that knows how to do it. And then I thought about it and I was like, if I do that, I'm effectively doubling my work for the next couple months because I'm going to be teaching somebody how to do what I already know how to do. And so I didn't do that. And I was just thinking in my head, I never really said this out loud to anybody, but I was like, God, I really wish I had help editing the show, man. And then last week, lo and behold, lo and behold, Norm reached out to the show He's an engineer, an audio engineer, that owns his own recording studio, Wall of Sound Studios, and he offered to edit the show for us for free. Norm, you beautiful bastard. No shit. (laughs) Right? Every time we put an episode out, Aaron's out here by himself, or we're out here. I don't like to bug him while he's doing it because he's got stuff to do, so I go inside. He's out here by himself putting the episode together. And it's really fucking cool that someone decided to help us out with that. Thank you so much, Norm. Once again, we have the coolest fucking family ever, man. Yes, Norm. Thank you, brother. (laughs) And we are in the works of working out the logistics logistics of how it's going to look and how it's going to happen. And um, I'm just fucking blown away and amazed by how cosmic hand reaches down from the ether and plucks at my strings continually 
It's fucking awesome. And like I said, anytime I get discouraged or overwhelmed, a Justin shows up or a Norm shows up or an Apple shows up or a Ryder or an Alex or a Mel or Darwin. And it's fucking rad. And, you know, the rest of you too, man, like the DMs that we get, the the likes on our posts, the comments on Facebook, the happy birthday, the happy wishes. birthday wishes. Was, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah I want to say thank you to everyone. That was really, it was really cool on my birthday. I don't go on Instagram ever, and I I saw my phone started blowing up, and I was like, oh, my family's wishing me happy birthday. That's cool because they always do that on on social media and whatnot. And I went in there and looked, and it's all these people from. It's all you guys, and it was it was just really special and really cool. And thank you so much. Yeah, man. And it just underscores what I'm saying. Like, more and more as we do the show, it becomes more evident of the community that is here and that it's real and everybody's engaging in it. And it's just awesome. It's amazing to watch it happen and to see those birthday things come into you. And like I said, the DMs and all this stuff. And you. I say it all the time, but I'm going to say it one more time. Best fucking family ever. No Simple yes. Road family is f- amazing human beings. And you guys, it, 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 everything that you do like that comes to us is so perfectly timed. And it just, it speaks to the, to the nature of the universe and the way that the magic works in, in the world that we're in. Like, it's always just right on time and exactly what needs to be said and exactly what we need and I just want you guys to know from all of us here that we appreciate you and thank you for listening and for being here with us every week it's it's fucking awesome and it's a privilege to get to do the show for you and do this fucking weird thing that we're doing and be on this journey together and figuring things out and we really do have a lot of amazing shit coming up for you guys we interviewed Shane Mouse today and that was amazing really fucking cool and trippy and some great content came out of that and some things were said that are going to help you guys and that helped me and we'll also talk about fart gods yeah i mean who doesn't want to know about gods that control the fart and and in preparation for that one i just say go go look him up check out his comedy clips because that's how i really knew him as a comedian and he goes way way deeper than that on this interview he's not just a comedian Mm mm-mm but that's not what this is about. This is about Dale. Yes. And our brother creating beautiful works of art and cool shit. And, but before we do that, we have to do the business. 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 Follow us on Instagram at No Simple Road, Facebook at No Simple Road. Go to nosimpleroad.com and check out all the past episodes. That's where you can get all the backlog of stuff. The new episodes are up there if that's how you want to listen to the show. Um, you can go over to the family tab and sign up for the newsletter. And, you know, I appreciate all of you that answered back to the last newsletter that I sent out. And the response seems to be overwhelming, both through the newsletter responses and through the poll on Instagram that you guys want more shows of just us sitting out here on the porch. And guess what? We're we really do enjoy doing that. Yeah. So we're going to do that more. Yeah. We're going to get back to doing more of those and just talking about what's happening with the family. There's a lot happening around here. So you guys strap in, get ready. Cause if you think it got weird before, Oh shit, you asked for it. 
Here we go. Yeah, so that's the family tab. And there's also merch over there. You can get shirts and stickers and all that fun stuff. And like I said before, patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That is the way that we keep doing what we're doing. Um, we really do love doing this show and the community that's around it. And I, like I, everything I already said, I'm not going to continue to ramble on about the same boring shit. But I will say, what, Ryder? Well, okay. So I've been... What Part of my been? thing this summer has been learning to ask for help when I need it. And things have been happening this summer that just I want to ask you guys to help us as a family. We could really use some monetary love. Like it sounds Why are you getting emotional? You look like you're going to cry. Because I'm asking for help and I don't know how to do that yes you do you're doing great man. I know thank you you're doing awesome and, and I'm proud we, of you we could use some help that's <clears throat> all yeah yeah Ryder wow okay you, you got all real and shit um yeah I mean look nothing's wrong everything's great you know the show's doing awesome you guys are great but the fact of the matter remains that there is a goal in mind here. It's not just willy-nilly bullshit that we're doing. Um, <clears throat> the goal is for me to be doing this full-time, to be able to give everything to this show and to make it better and create more and have more things for you guys out there to engage in and get to meet each other and know each other and to have live podcasts and places for us to gather and to do a festival and all these ideas and all that stuff is going to happen by us coming together and doing it together it's not going to be done just by the four of us out here on the porch it's the entire no simple road family doing that thing <clears throat> and i know that you know there's a lot of podcasts out there there's a lot of places you can place your monetary attention but um, we're just asking that you help us so that's that patreon.com forward slash no simple road and anything else guys do we have anything else we want to show oh if you're listening to the show right now and you haven't already done so please at the end of the episode hit stop and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music or Spotify or wherever you're listening to us because those things matter. That is something you can do that will support the show that doesn't cost you a dime. And it means a lot. And they make us very happy and emotional. And it just fuels yeah. this even more. And it, beyond that, it helps more people find out about the show. If you, if you dig what we're doing and you want other people to find out about it beyond the people that you can just tell... Leave those five-star reviews because it makes us more relevant in the algorithm of whatever. And we show up when people search for stuff like Grateful Dead podcast or live music podcast or uh, whatever podcast, psychedelic podcast or all that stuff. So when you leave those five-star reviews, <clears throat> that's what it does. And it's something that doesn't cost you anything. And if you are a regular listener to this show, I am giving you a job to do. Do that today, right now. Okay, I'm glad you did it. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, welcome back. And uh, we're going to get to the interview now. So, Apple? What is a city without its music? 
the legacy of the New York Philharmonic. It's incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I did, since we're going into Dale here, uh, I just wanted, this was really cool the other day. You saw it, we all saw it that he put, and I think it's kind of relevant, where he says, People do everything they do in the world as social beings, and whatever they do has its causes in the social circumstances in which they find themselves, just as it has its effects in the same arena. Which is to say, everything is everything, and nothing can be separated from its context in the world, if you can relate to that. From John Sinclair, Marijuana Revolution, printed in 1971. Wow. I'm not even going to fuck that up with saying something dumb after it. No, that's that was... Yep. So, now, without further ado, we bring you Dale Drelling. Wow. Here we go. Again. On the road. Here we on go. On the road again. Yeah, you could sing that. Just can't wait to get on the we road again. We, we did. That was fun. Were we driving back my, from my, my High Sierra? We listened to that Sierra, Willie Nelson CD a couple of times. It was fucking cool. Okay. Yeah. Are you recording? You're, yeah, I'm recording. You guys oh. aren't going to be able to hear in your headphones because we're going to call Dale. Oh, oh that's yeah, right. Yeah. Haha. Yeah. <laughs> Check me uh, out. Then why am I... uh, Here we go, guys. You ready? Let's call Dale. And we're calling Dale. I think. I can't hear you in my headphones. I can't hear it either. It's oh, weird. there we go. <laughs> Everybody got confused. I'm dead. Don't get confused. Listen to the music play. How am I supposed to know? Hello? Dale. Yes, this is me. This is Aaron, man. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. Right on, brother. I'm good. Uh, How are you all? I'm good. You got tea and you have your chair. You're all set. I I'm ready. Right on, man. Um, so let's do the the introduction thing. Um, I'm Aaron. Hi. And we got Mel. Hey, Hello. what's up, Dale? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. I'm Ryder. Hi, Ryder. And I'm Apple. Welcome to the show, Dale. Thank you, Apple. Nice to meet you. You too. So, Dale, tell us all about your life from the beginning. I want to know, like, where you were born. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the, let's see. I was, um, I'm from Ventura. Um, I was uh, born in Reno when my uh, dad was out working, where my parents were up in Nevada for a job. But um, I grew up in Ventura. Um, if people don't know, that's just about 60 miles north of L.A., uh, Lived there all growing up, uh, went to school in San Francisco, lived there for four years, uh, spent some time in the um, East Bay, uh, came back down to Ventura, met my wife, we moved up to Seattle for two years, yeah. then, then we were back down in LA for 10, 11 years, and we recently um, moved back to Ventura, and with work, and all the music stuff going on. I spend all my time between Ventura, 
OC, like Costa Mesa. Wow, nice. Uh, and then and then as nice. much time as I can spend in L.A. as possible. Dude, it, when I lived – I lived in L.A. in like the 70s and then left and came back in the late 80s, early 90s. And Ventura was like kind of like living in the country back then. Like it was really hilly and not really built up. Is it super built up now? No, I mean you know you know you everywhere you you all are up in Portland and I don't know how yeah, when was the first time you were up there, but I mean everything's changed everything's got new developments but Ventures I mean as far as I can tell it's it's grown I mean it's grown for sure you it's not the days when you would go down the street or down Main Street and you'd see you knew everyone now right. it's tons of people that you don't know. Plus I was gone for like 11 years. So a lot happened when I was gone, but it's still, it still feels small, but you can definitely feel the dis that distance between LA. Yeah. It's pretty much non-existent. You know, that's cool. LA, LA's got its own unique thing going on, but I'll tell you, man, I couldn't, I couldn't live in that now being where I'm at in my head. It's too much energy and too much chaos going on. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I know. And um, and I, growing up in Ventura, I don't think I was really. I, I never. My head was never set that I was going to go to L.A. I always went there to go to shows, and there's there's reasons to go down there, but um, I always in my head identified with North. Yeah. But but I got to say, I, I I love living in SF. That was like a a big change in my head. I love I love the Northwest as well. Um, but moving back to LA, I was surprised. It took me a couple years, but I was surprised at how much I really liked it. It's, it is all the things that you could say are hectic or stressful or crazy or whatever that's there. But there's also the other side, which is, I don't, it's just an awesome city that will totally surprise you every time you go out, you know, you're, you're going to meet people you wouldn't expect to meet. Yeah, uh, it's it's just an awesome place and, to be. And me. there's always something to do. Our daughter lives down there and is oh, yeah. involved with the music scene and and acting and modeling and all that. And up to when, yeah. we, when we go visit her, like there's good people down there and there's a lot happening. And you know, I don't want to take away from that, but it's yeah. it would just be tough, man, to deal with all the traffic and the the chaotic nature of it. But I, what. I'm curious with you, man, like you came from the punk rock scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what, did. what started that adventure for you? What, what turned you on to that? I, you know, um, I grew up in Ventura. Ventura was, um, had its own Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, uh, had its own scene, um, independent from LA, you know, like all the Nardcore bands. Um, there, there was that, there was that during the eighties, mm-hmm. you know, like it were pretty doctor. No aggression. Oh, yeah. Up, yeah. Up in Santa Barbara, uh, RKL, or I, I said really from, uh, Montecito, I guess. But and then, you know, there was uh, bands like going between Ventura and the Valley. And, um, I think it's probably cause Ventura was a smaller town. Like that stuff never left. It stayed there. And, um, so I wasn't, old enough to really partake in the the 80s scene but i was starting to go to shows early 90s and you know all the all the little brothers and sisters of the 80s scene were still carrying on and so it was just going on it was there and i i I don't know if you're if you're a kid 
Like, I don't know how punk wouldn't appeal to you. Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you I get know? what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean, too, because my older brothers were totally into the, like, Vegas 80s punk rock scene. There was a huge punk scene in Vegas in the 80s. Really? And- what, what was what was that like? The only, I, the only, like, thing I know about Nevada punk is I know Seven Seconds is from Reno. But I don't know. Was it Was it a lot of, like traffic between phoenix and la then you know what it was very localized these bands that were playing there were just vegas bands like there was 5150 is a band from there fuck shit piss is a a band (laughs) from there um those kind of bands like they would play it, it was set every weekend like Somebody would drag a generator out to the desert. De- desert gate. Yeah. And there was the big one, TSO. A lot of those TSO, yeah. bad religion, they all came through Vegas. Yeah. Awesome. Like, he, like he said, like the Phoenix, LA, even going to Utah, because Utah had a yeah, punk that's scene true. too, always has. But my, my older brothers were really into it. So, like you said, yeah. how could I not end up at a gig if your older brothers are there? Well, that, yeah. 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 And I, I just. The, I read an interview with you a couple of days, or maybe it was this morning, and you said that the punk rock thing and the Grateful Dead thing are the same. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's not – I mean, I'm not on the surface. Initially, I don't think it appears that way. But uh, when you look at the way they thought about their music, the way that they – I mean, they created their own world and which you – know, it's their whole like – their whole tour – procession everything they do was like they did what they wanted with their own resources i think that's why everything has turned out everything they did was so great was they 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 did live by this we're gonna do our own thing ethos and you know i think that that's i mean i don't know if punk in general knows that i think a lot of people who turn on it being heads get it and i think that's what they relate to but yeah there's so much more in common then I think the average punk would know. Yeah, and they're both rooted in like anarchy and rebellion, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, against society. You know, the norm. Oh, for sure. Like you go to, you know, like you go to shows. Like you, say you'll go to the same venue. Like say, I, if I was in LA, I'd go to the say the Hollywood Bowl. And you go and you go to a show. Like not like a punk band because not like punk bands aren't gonna play there. But say like say you see the Pixies there, mm-hmm. and. um you know, people are like getting out of their seats, wandering around. Someone's like in the aisle. You know, they're not supposed to be. The ushers will, will get them, and people are the the aisles clean in like five minutes. But if you go to you know, you go to these dead company shows, they can't stop it. No. As soon as you get one person to leave, five more people just start dancing on everyone, and then like they, it never stops. There's you know, it's like hurting cats or something, I guess. It's like, that's, that's always been fun to watch at dead shows, too, is you see the staff, like, trying to keep order first. in the beginning. Like, during the first song, they're trying to do and then you just see them give in. They just smile oh, and it. look around or like, oh, well, this is well, happening. Well, I think it's easier, you know, it's like at the punk show, someone's going to, like, cuss at them and yell at them and want to fight. But how are you going to fight someone who, like, wants to shake your hand or give you a give hug? You a hug yeah. uh, hey, brother. And then while they're giving them a hug, nine people are going behind them and dancing. Everybody's prank <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, those nine people went down into the expensive seats. Totally. What, um, what I think really crosses over between the two, for me, 
is the attitude. It's all it's it's like you said on the outside. Really, it doesn't appear to be the same thing. But on the inside, coming from the punk rock scene and then getting turned on to the dead, it seemed like such a natural progression to me because they both shared the same ideals and it felt the same. Obviously, the music was different. Yeah. But the the community was the same. In the punk rock scene, people took care of each other for the most part. And there was a feeling of family. You you know what I'm talking about? I I know exactly. You know, like... um meeting you know it's 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 interesting because there i mean you think about all the bands that anyone could love and like there's fans but i don't know i mean you take punk in general and there is that sense of community but i don't i can't think of an i mean you know i guess there are are other bands but even those other bands i think their communities are kind of based off the dead model but like there really is i you know it's I, I can't think of many other bands where people really come together that strongly over one thing in particular yeah. and and going you know like i'm really lucky to to be based where i am and there are so many people in la and so many people keep coming and showing up and just everything comes through here but you know like everyone was at the grateful shred show last night with Howlin' rain and and it's like it seeing going to shows, you know, I'm in my forties now, going to these shows with the people that are my peers, it feels like when I was a teenager or early twenties yeah. going to yeah. shows. It's just that it changed and it's the the music has changed, but everyone just having a good time together, it's the same. It's the same. It feels it's just fun. It's just a happy place. It's a super happy place. I know exactly what you're talking about with, like, getting into fish and going to the dead shows and stuff like that. When I was younger, I was a mom, so I wasn't going to any yeah. concerts and doing any yeah. rebellion. That was my rebellion was sitting at home with my kid. So, yeah. like, doing this now with people our age, it feels – I feel youthful. I feel connected. I feel like that magic with with the camaraderie with each other and with the band. And it seems to, like – transcend time it doesn't yeah. matter yeah we're like you know like i think if, if someone is at a show and they're 40 they're not they're nowhere near the youngest or nowhere near the oldest it's it really is i mean there's people bring their babies yeah, yeah. There, there's there's little there's little kids and you know or teenagers and then and then you have people who probably have been to like shows in 65 66 like right? people yeah. that's, they're probably people that saw the warlocks that right. are at those shows what yeah. what do you think like this is a weird question and feel free to tell me to shut up oh here we but, go he usually waits a little longer to start with the weird questions but <laughs> but, I'm ser- ready. but seriously though like if you think about it I can't think of anything else that does what music does. And I'm not just talking about the dead or the Pixies or Radiohead or Fish or anything like just music in general. The scene that comes up around music is different than anything else. The only and I hate to use this crossover, but the only other place that you could find that thing is church. Right, like community and people helping each other and family and whatever. Like, what do do you think it is about music that creates that community? Um, 
I don't, I don't know. Um, I well, first of all, I think it's just. I think they're just. It's just enjoy. It's enjoyable to go to a concert. It, yeah. It's like um, and I think it's something even like in specifically with like the dead shows or it's like punk too. You know, like the audience is part of it as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you know, kid, like it's obviously. I mean, the lot scene and just everything there. Dead dead company whoever they they like they're there with us yeah for us and they're they're totally into it just kind of like when you go in the shows and people are jumping off stages and stuff that's just as part of the whole entire night as the music on stage and i don't they just like they let you in yeah Whereas, like, there's a lot of a lot of musicians that are big and they're great, and I love them. But you know, there's there's a definite line. Like, you can't go past this line. Like, don't touch the stage. Yeah. I'm you here know? to perform, and you're gonna watch me. Mm-hmm. And then they they might rule it what they do, but it's just not the same. And that that's to me just talking about like Aaron said about church and stuff and punk dead scene all that. Like he said that line between other musicians, the punk, the dead, everything. And like church, they promote faith, faith yeah. in something else, faith in those people you're with, faith in the congregation, and that is a big thing to me. It's it's faith. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people I look don't... at that, especially with like punk, that it's promoting faith in something in they each other, like in the ideal. Yeah, faith in each other, faith in your circle, your family. It it's always just resonated that too. Yeah, and I think you know, like I think. You know, I, I think maybe the reasons are different with punks and with, with, with heads, but maybe not. Um, you know, like when you go to the show, you're, you're leaving like you're leaving your job. You're leaving like strip malls and, and jobs and traffic mm-hmm. and you're leaving yeah. it all behind and you're going to this place for, I mean, the whole day, really. You could, you, you know, as soon as the gates to the to the parking lot open is, is as soon as it starts and people stay until, until security tells them they have to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it's just, you know, it's, it's a place to go and there's this point of everyone meeting up and it's the, it's the show and, and it's something that everyone experiences together. And, and you know, everyone knows, you know, at least at least a, a good amount of what's what to expect. So everyone's like, you know, talking about what song's gonna come next, or like, this is what I think they're gonna play. And yeah, it's, it's like it, a it secret is. handshake almost. And, and, oh, yeah. and like you said earlier, it, it makes us it brings out that child and all of it. We get to check everything. A little you, like, you just see the job, everything, put it away. You get to be a child. You get to yeah. be excited. You get to smile all night long till your face hurts. Oh, I know. <laughs> you don't. You don't it's have melted. To- yeah. <laughs> so what started um the art for you, Dale? Um art in general or like Yeah, no, just, just just yeah, art in general. How did that how did that thing begin? I, I mean art I think I think when I was a little kid I probably got crayons and pencils and stuff put in front of me, you know, like your parents are busy doing something, they're like, here, do this. Right. And I just you know, I think as a little kid, I got some encouragement or compliments from teachers or whatever. And just I, for me, I was not the most publicly socially outgoing person. Uh-huh. So, so we're kind of more the person that kind of is more in the corner. Uh, and I kind of liked 
the art that I made getting the recognition or the attention and I just enjoyed it. It was really fun. I, you know, um, I, I can't even really think of when I didn't draw. Oh wow. That's so it's cool. just been, it's just been around forever. And I, at a certain point where I was about 18, I made a decision that, you know, that's like, I'm going to do something with this, uh, as a living and for real for my life. And I don't want to wind up in certain pitfalls. I think I'd seen other people fall into of unhappiness and stuff. So I was just kind of, it's like, I want to do this. And then just kind of zigzagged all along, like from where that was to where I am now. And it's a million little stories in between, but just, um, I don't know. I just decided one day I was going to go for it. That's fucking badass. It's taken me 46 years, dude, to figure out where I want to be. And it always blows my mind when we talk to other artists or musicians or whatever. A lot of the time you'll hear that. Like, I decided when I was this old that that's what I was going to do. I admire the shit out of that, man, because I was fucking flailing when I was 18, like blowing in the breeze a hundred percent. And to have that, like, I don't know that we, we, we were accomplishing a lot of psychedelic uh, work and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll call it that. Right. Yeah. But to have that productive. Yeah. It, I guess it got us here. Well, I would say I'm not that unlike you all in that sense that I, that was going on too in the, and the personal life, tornadoes and whatever. Yeah. But, but art in whatever form, it's taken different forms at different times in my life. But that was always a constant. That was kind of, if anything, more like my leash or something to kind of stabilize myself with. That was kind of a thing that would kind of look back at or do look back, look onto and just like focus. Like, okay, well, this, you know say this isn't awesome right now or this is hard or what happened to this place or or where did these people go? It's like, okay, well you still this is still here. Wow. Let's just keep going. And you know I think for anyone who's an artist, especially for young people, it's like it's it's probably one of the hardest things you could ever, ever try to do. But um you just you just don't give up. Just keep trying. Just keep keep going. Yeah. I I went to design school uh, a few years ago. I decided in my, you know, early 40s, fuck it, I'm going to go back to college and get a degree. And one of the things that I kept on my phone the whole time while I was in school was just a, a little saying, and it said, never forget why you started. Yeah. And that was a constant for me all the way through school. And I just, I know for myself, breaking into that world, into design and and the art world like you said it's one of the fucking hardest things you can possibly want to do i equate it with trying to play music oh yeah you know what how did it come for you to get a break to to get in uh um i did a bunch of little things like really just um a lot of it has you know just you have to be there you have to be you have to you have to meet people. You have to it's 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 social too. You have to yeah. you know, whatever way is comfortable for you. You meet people. As you can't be fake though. You can't like 
put on an act and pretend like you're someone you're not and go to a place where, you know, and try to pretend to be someone you're not to make someone else happy, but just do the work, keep going. Like really you have to care about what you do, but like, I just, let's see, I, um, I went to school, like when I went to school, like I went to school for painting mm-hmm. and t-shirts and all that stuff was stuff I did before school. Like before I even went to community college, I'd work in screen print shops because that's where you wanted to work when you were a kid going to shows right. and even dabbling in your own music stuff with friends, like making posters and t-shirts. That was like the art you wanted to make. And I did that. And then music, music was like the whole center of my social world then mm-hmm. I guess like it is now, but like, you know, then started like, well, like, I guess I should start taking classes at community college. And I'd always arted, always been kind of like something I just did. Like I only took like one or two art classes in high school. Really? Wow. I just, I just was interested in, I wasn't interested in going to the class and having, I don't know, like today we're going to paint sailboats or t- tomorrow we're going to, copy this drawing or whatever i just um but by the time i got to community college i i I took a few sculpture and painting classes and i really love painting and i went to school for that and i originally wanted to work in like museums like handling art doing installations and and stuff like that and i had a few jobs that were good but then i i wanted to leave the bay just um i loved it there but it was just it's time for me to go and so I went back into screen printing and then I did that up in Seattle and that was cool. But I was, I was doing the printing, burning the screens and all that. And I was watching this guy who had taken a few classes at community college and he knew some, but not that much. And I was watching, he's sitting at the computer, listening to music and, you know, I don't know, just seemed like he was just cruising and I'm sitting in the back, like smelling like chemicals. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, so I, I started teaching myself, yeah, Photoshop and Illustrator and all that. And then at a certain point, it was like, we, my wife and I decided like, we're going to move back to California. Like we missed it. So we moved back and then I just, I decided just to, um, cause I had done, I had had some like freelance work designing t-shirts and I'd done it before I went to school. I just thought. I'm going to do t-shirt stuff. So I just wound up getting jobs, small jobs with companies that uh, do private label for retailers and stuff like that. And I did that in LA for a while. And I've, I've worked for a few uh, uh, brands and whatnot. So that's how I got my foot into like getting paid to, yeah. to make art. That's the it, hard part, man. That's the trick, right? It, it's it's hard. You 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 have to hear no. You know you're not the right fit for us. So many times, Ugh. I've I've applied to I've applied to some jobs like four times. You, Whoa, you know, you know, it's just you just you have to you have to be able to brush things off at a certain point and just keep working. Yeah. it's not like. Not like it doesn't affect you or anything, but you still have to keep keep going. One of the things that that kind of bummed me out, I guess, is once I got into school and I realized I allowed myself to realize, like, okay, I I could do this. I could do this as a living. Like, I, I have what it takes. I I had people tell me you're good at this, and started to believe them and allow mm-hmm. myself to be creative and whatever. And then 
I started like looking into the business and I was like, oh shit, I'm late. I'm really late to the party. Like when I get a job, when I get out of school, my boss is going to be 30. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm going to be working for some 30 whatever year old art director yelling at me. Tell, and I couldn't couldn't reconcile that in my head. I was like, you know, I'm I'm too old. You can't, I can't let myself be put in that position. And I think that for me, like that put the brakes on, but in hindsight, it led to this. So yeah. I'm super grateful. Yeah. And it's, well, yeah. it's not one thing, like you said, that there was no like break. It's a lot of little things, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you never know where like one thing one thing how one thing's going to lead to another um and like i don't know like like you said like if if you get told no or you get told this if you tell if you can see this isn't going to work you don't just like I said you just don't stop and turn around you just like like kind of just shift to one side or the other of course and correct cre- yeah you know yeah like um I, I'm, I'm a strong believer of that of like, I mean, of course you should have goals and plans and stuff, but sometimes, sometimes like life tells you where you should go. And, <laughs> and sometimes you, yeah. I, the more you listen, sometimes the easier things get, then you're not frustrated. Um, there's always frustration, but you know, sometimes, sometimes there's cues there and it seems like it's a roadblock, but maybe it's actually a sign pointing in another direction. Wow. And being, being able to find that, is uh, at least for me something that's come with age to be able to pay attention to that shit man because i know when i was younger it was like you said like a whirlwind but now it seems less like that and more more touchy-feely does that make sense i i guess i don't know if i know what you mean really but like um but what do you mean it's like following following that those signposts and being able to be more underst- open yeah to understand that, that, oh, that yeah, so yeah life open. is is telling okay. you to do something being able to listen to that thing you don't listen when you're young no <laughs> oh no 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 i know i was i was the same way yeah i was the same way i think you know i mean i as you get older i mean at a certain point everyone's been knocked down a few times or has fallen on their face and i think I think some of that stuff really is as important as like succeeding. I mean, as long as you, you, you don't like throw, you know, like quit, you know, like some of that stuff is you learn a lot during like hard times. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and finding inspiration in that stuff is, yeah. is super important too, I think. Now, oh yeah. I, I just, I, I want to back up for a minute and that was a good point to do it. We're talking about inspiration. I'm really interested to know about, the show you went to last night, you saw Grateful Shred, and which we haven't seen yet. We're looking very forward to. But Howling Rain, uh, we recently, a few months back, got turned on to them and interviewed Ethan. Those guys are insane. Did you have a good time at the show? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. They were great. Um, I, I haven't seen – that was the first time I've seen Howling Rain. Um, we had seen him and his – and when he played the band, he plays bass in Hair on Oblivion last year. And what was tripping me out is you know, watching him. And he's a great, like, he's a great vocalist and a songwriter for this kind of more like blues driven psych stuff. 
but then I also know that he's this power player in like heavy psych and all these other things. It's just like when you see these people that just keep hitting and keep hitting and there's like, uh, they do everything they do so well. It's kind of, it's mind blowing. I, that, yeah, that, was, yes. that was what's going through in my head. We got, we, we went to the show and of course I, we've, we've, we see shred all the time cause we're lucky cause they're always around here. But, um, and we specifically got there early to go see Helen Rain, and we just we stood up like at the front of the stage and just waited for him. And it was that was what was going things like that. That's what was going through my mind while we were watching them play. Yeah, when we saw him, we had just gotten turned on to them like a couple of months before. Yeah, and hadn't really dug into them live on like YouTube or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then we interviewed Ethan. And then went and watched them play. And it was a trip, man. Like, from the minute they stepped on stage, it was like a sonic explosion. Yeah. They, and and it, it, like, the first song they did just kind of was super slow at first. And then it mm-hmm. built to this crescendo of, like, howling. And I was like, holy shit, they're aptly named for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And watching guys like that with that kind of talent, like you said, that just continually hit over and over again, it is, it's mind blowing. And I feel like guys like you in the art world are just like that. It blows my mind. Like when you see a design that comes out that, that hits all those spots, it scratches that place on the inside of my brain that nothing else kind of gets to. That's mind blowing to me to be able to, to mash all these styles together and all these things that, you know, you and I have similar background. Yeah. So when I see that stuff, it feels familiar yet new. Do you, is that what you're going for when you're doing that stuff? I guess so. I don't think I'd ever thought, well, yeah, I guess I thought about it that way. Like, no, I, um, actually I've, I've said something to some friends recently about the idea of like, you know, something about being old and new at the same time. Yeah. I I love the music scene that I, my art just tends to gravitate towards music and popular culture stuff. That's what I enjoy. I just truly enjoy referencing that type of stuff. And, and um, I like working with it, but I also like putting a new twist or a spin or like connecting dots that maybe someone hadn't seen before or, or like, yeah, I almost think like, in like, you know, like alchemy, like taking two things apart, like to, to create something new or, um, yeah. it, it's fun. And, and, um, I think the response or the reaction, the, the, the relationship you can get as an artist with an audience, you just, just seeing how people react to something or, you know, who reacts to something and what they feel about what you make. It's, you never know. Cause you, in your head, you're like, I like this. And there's some things that just take off and there's some things that are still good, but maybe not everyone gets, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing. It's the, uh, the whole process of the creating with your own intentions and, um, I try not to spell out what I'm doing so hard. I kind of like to leave it there. And That's like, good. Yeah. Let, to, it, to, to let, let it have mystery. To let people and to give it space because then someone will say, oh, this is like some, you know, like this reminds me of something, something. And sometimes I'll, I'll think I never thought of that. 
but I see that or, oh, I don't know who that person is. And right. you look them up and then you just learn something from someone who likes what someone likes this drawing you did. Well, yeah. And you if know? you spell it out for them too, you're putting it in a box that, yeah. it, that it can't ever get out of. And now everybody's viewing it like that. I think that's one of the beautiful things about the music scene that we are a part of yeah. is that it's not in a box like that. It can be whatever it wants to you where you're at. Yeah. And, and being able to take that and have your own experience with the art or with the music is the thing that makes it alive. And I, I wonder too, like as an artist myself, sometimes I feel like when I try and plan something too much. I'm in the way. Do you feel like that? Like sort of like a conduit for whatever that greater gestalt or muse thing is? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, all the things that I, that come through in the art I make, these are things I, I surround myself with and I think about a lot. But at the same time, there will just be times that just an ideal, what was like, some weird combination of two things will just come into my mind or I'll look at something. It'll make me think of a second thing and I'll, I'll, I'll then have the, have the idea that this is something this could turn into something, but it'll take me a while to work it out. But yes, ideas will come out of nowhere. And then there's sometimes, you know, you think you're like, I have an idea and I'm going into this and, and, and you and you want to work on it. And you're like, I'm going in this direction. And then, you look at it at a certain point and you're like, this isn't it. <laughs> and, and then, and then you, you're like, like I was going to draw this. And you're like, no, I need a photo right now. And then you go and you just switch it all up and it totally becomes something, something different. Yeah. yeah. And that that's a free thing when you're doing it for yourself. When you're working for other people, sometimes you're like, hey, they might have been like, I thought you're going to do a painting and you're sending me a photograph. What's this? And you, you explain it. Most people are like, okay, I get it. But, you know, it's, it's when you're, you're most free when you're doing it by yourself. But yeah, like, like you said, just being touchy feely, even in that way. Yeah. And being, being open to the inspiration and the movement and I, they call it what is a uh, flow state or whatever. Like I know, okay, yeah. I, yeah. When I'm designing, like that's the place I try and get to when it's just moving. Yeah. 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 Put on, I, put on some, yeah. I think. I think back to like when first starting to learn how to design and, and do that. And I always would start with, I want to do this, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to draw an eyeball or whatever the thing is. And then finding out by the end that that's not even what it was. That was just the beginning point. And that's the trick is letting yourself get into the flow and let it take over and do its thing with you. And that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. It's, it takes time. Yeah. Those are things that like you'll never you'll never learn those in school. Those are some of the things. Yeah. Like, and you can't it's like how could you teach everyone that cuz every person's different. So, but yeah, that's the stuff that like it takes time. Yeah. And you you had mentioned um going and seeing Grateful Shred, like I saw that you do a lot of work for them. How did that whole relationship start? Uh well, I um it probably started because of a uh, dead night, you know, you guys because of Sala? To yeah. Yeah. Talked to Sean before. Uh, so I, I met, I met 
Sean pretty early on. I didn't go to the first first one or two dead nights, but I'd met him before, and it was just a timing thing. I wasn't down in L.A., but you know, you, you go to one, you have fun, you, you're going back to the second one, and then he asked me, he's like, do, do you want to do some posters for me? It's just for the love. Let's if you want. And so I did a few posters, and the first uh, – no, the second show I did a poster for was a Shred show. Oh, okay. And, and I was – at the end of the night, um, Austin, uh, one of the singer uh, – guitar players, he, he came up to me and he's like, hey, this poster, uh, do you, do you want to do stuff with us? <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'd just seen him. And so I was just really I, – I loved him the first time I heard him. And so, yeah, that's, I, I don't even know. I've done over like off the top of my head, I've probably done like over 10 projects with them. Crap. Most of them are posters, but I've done some shirts and some stuff where I kind of come up with the ideas. And then a lot of it though, a lot of that stuff with them is like, I'll work with Austin and he'll, he'll have a concept and you're like, I, I'm feeling this for the show, but it's, it's not tight. It's like, I'm looking for this. And I'll say, well, what about this other thing? And, he, and, and then that's how the process goes. Wow. So, yeah. That's cool, man. Like, yeah. especially after going to Dead Night and then seeing them and doing that, like, I don't know. For me, it, those are the moments that make it worth it when th- the thing that you're into and that you love brings you in. You yeah. Know? Well, is there, is there not, um, is there, um, I know there's, uh, there's deadheads up in Portland, but is there a, uh, a dead night or any sort of scene like that? Is there any potential for one up there? There, there, there's, um, the Garcia birthday band up here okay. and they okay. play almost every weekend up here. Oh, they're, they're amazing. So they don't call it like dead night. It's just them. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking amazing, man. And it, you know, that's one thing I wanted to get your opinion on. Like, you've been into the scene for a long time, and I just noticed since 2015 and fairly well, mm-hmm. like there's this huge resurgence that happened, and that's made it possible for all of these. Tri- I guess they're tribute bands. They're not cover bands, but like these tribute yeah. bands to to do their thing, like. Are you having that same experience seeing that happen, or is that just me? Well, there. I mean, there's um, you know, like with Dead Night, um, it's it's a monthly event, and Sean always keeps finding new bands. I mean, there's bands that go in rotation, but there's mo- there's more bands out there than there's nights for the, for the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the in the year and I, there's it definitely i think it's i think it's i don't I, it's something i think it's pe- it's something for people to kind of congregate around because mm-hmm. i think there's a lot going on it's not it's obviously it's i think the the dead and dead and company and 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 fare thee well is it's all it's all a catalyst for this stuff, but it's, it's, there's other things going on. It's like, there's a lot of, you know, young and upcoming and like a lot of like young, young people and then people our age that are like really like true to and wanting to play this type of music. And, and, um, you know, I, it's, it's this world that exists outside of like, 
mainstream like whatever's on TV or mainstream, mainstream Vimeos and YouTubes or I don't whatever's on the radio. But like, um, you know, like people really interested in like live music with talented players. Um, That's authentic. Yeah. 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 Horn sections. And I'm sure it's the same down there as up here. The music scene is thriving so much. If, I mean, if we wanted to and didn't have day jobs and weren't older, we could go see live music every night and of day. the year. Going oh, yeah. to the little clubs, the little jazz clubs, the bluegrass stuff that's going on. It's I mean, the music scene is just amazing. Well, I think it speaks to a larger thing that's going on, man. I really do. Like like Dale's saying, like yeah, people are hungry for experience nowadays mm-hmm. because we're everything is in this neatly packaged marketed box. And it's all set up for you to consume and nothing is real. Everything feels styrofoam. But when you end up at one of these shows, you're having an experience. You're not just listening to music. You put down that silicone obsession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you know, like mainstream stuff, like everyone, everyone men and women on, on mainstream it's like everyone's a model everyone's got the perfect lighting it's at the most fancy hotel it's everyone a-list the best shows you can go to are sometimes like like you're saying in 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 vegas you would do generator shows in the desert yeah even like when we're in ventura like we there's no desert to go to but like like say like in an industrial part of town where like there was like for lease buildings like uh, one of our friends found – I don't even know how he found it, but he found a building with with live power in it and people would go and set up and there would be like free shows, like metal and punk shows in this – like by this warehouse out by the train tracks on the on like the <laughs> edge of town. And That's there would fucking be, cool. There would be like 30, 50 kids there, you know, like listening to like – you know, like – napalm death type bands and stuff like that and it was really rad and and even this stuff now like these shows like it just shows that like dive bars and like the the dead night it's just did it it's just at a cool old bar you know it's not it's and it's in it's even in pasadena it's not right in the middle of downtown la or anything it's you have to go out of your way to go to it. But when you go there, you realize it was worth it to go to it. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. And yeah, it's It's unique. And it's, it's, it's real visceral. It's, it's visceral experience. And I I think that's the, not the trick, but like the, the, the draw of it, at least for me now where I'm at in my life, like I, I want a lot of things that are, have to do with experience and time. I want more time and and more real experiences where I have memories from them. You know what yeah. I mean? And oh, yeah. I think that this this scene provides that in a huge way to so many people now. <laughs> As oh, we're yeah. getting older, definitely the show and the concerts we go to have created a timeline to help our memory. <laughs> We can go, oh, yeah, we went to that show, and this happened in between. And then we went to that show. It's helped create a timeline. Oh, I've, I've caught myself doing that before, explaining something to someone and, and, it, and, and putting it in time. 
as in it was like it was before this show but after that other yeah. show <laughs> yeah because shit starts getting frayed around the edges man <laughs> like well, what, what like year is it again where am there's, i there's just i mean you know there's so much to keep i mean there's so much information i think there's yeah. more than any time before there's so much information in front of you and around you that like i mean i I write things down, man. I don't, I don't, I don't make myself remember everything. Yeah, no shit. there's too much, too much. We just started recording all of it. Fuck it. <laughs> Dude, hey, the, 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 the voice recording and the notes apps on your phone are, can save you. Beautiful. So I, I got to ask, I'd be remiss if I don't, how did you get turned on to the dead, man? Um, bits and pieces here and there. Um, like I was, like you said, I was, I was a punk kid and I, I think let's see, let's see. It was just little bits here and there. Um, I don't think it was until as my. I'll jump ahead. I don't think it was till my late, like probably about twenty nine thirty, that I really got to the point that I really understood the musicianship that was in the dead. That made me really, really one hundred percent say this could possibly be the greatest band I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> before that, I was like. You know, I, I, I think I gravitated towards like the stuff that's kind of like easier to digest, you know, the working man's and American beauty. And because and, I, I um, you know, liked other stuff like 13 floor elevators and the doors. So stuff like Oxamoxa mm-hmm. is a little bit more psych. That stuff was really easy for me to digest. I got pieces of that in high school. I think um, probably what led me to the dead was um i got us this psychedelic poster book when i was like 13 maybe 14 and and it had all those rick griffin and um so and and other you know like randy tootin and and just all of that stuff but in the back was also raymond pettibone which totally even derailed me but to that but rick griffin was probably the first artist that i saw as a kid other than the, the the skate and album cover stuff that I was around me at the time that it just really connected to. And I looked at, I was like, I want to do something like this. Yeah. And so there was that, um, you know, the, the, I grew up in Ventura and the dead were around, but I, I, I grew up in like the opposite of a deadhead family and I didn't have, um, uh, an overwhelming amount of deadheads around me to, to get me to go to the shows. Everyone I knew were like, skate punks and stuff so i didn't see any of the live shows but i remember the dead being in town i mean i remember when um in the dark came out and all you know the video and all that but it was just dabbling here or there throughout they kept showing up again and again here and there but um yeah it was like small doses it's weird like they kind of find you in a weird way i know that sounds odd no i think that's i i I believe that yeah i I think back to like the time when I was going to punk rock gigs out in the desert and it was not cool to be a deadhead, man. Yeah. Like if, no. if you were even wearing a tie dye back then, you got shit. Yeah. And I, I, to make that leap was tough. It, tough. It, when Aaron got turned on to the dead in 89, I was too long, you know, I was into Metallica Slayer yeah. and punk and all the heavy stuff and they for about a year and a half like we didn't know who each other was <laughs> he's trying to get me less i was like dude i've listened to grateful dead before yeah i heard trucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true though what you said about finding your way into the more 
heady parts of it, it can be very off-putting and well, hard to listen to. I th- well, I think um, I think it was you know in that in that time between then, I'd, um, I think probably you know because of having listened to hip hop growing up, which you listen depending on who you listen to, that could lead you lead you into jazz. Right, and so I started trying to understand jazz, and 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 I and I started gaining an appreciation for it, and it was that um, being exposed and and gaining an appreciation for that really really helped me appreciate like jams and improvisation. Oh and wow! Okay, the real the musical stuff, you know, the stuff is they're going on like as the music progressed post pig pen, you know, like. It started getting really musical and just it is like jazz, you know. Yeah, uh, that stuff wasn't. I I didn't have the understanding of that type of music when I was a kid, and I don't know if I had the patience to study it at that, you know, in my twenties or whatever. Even, but I remember when I was I think mid twenties, a roommate of mine had this book of interviews, and it was kind of on like. There's books on philosophy, on spirituality and, and creativity, and I, I, I don't even remember the name of the book. Okay. But one of the people in it, it was interviewed was Jerry Garcia, and, and I'm coming from like full-on – my world at that point would have been like Dead Kennedys and Subhumans and <laughs> stuff like that. And I was just like, which – okay, so I read this book, and Jerry's in it, and I'm like, oh, what is what – is, what, what, what's, what's, what's he going to say? And I, I – I was I left reading that book with like I was so impressed with him just as a person and as a creative. I, was, I thought like, well, I don't know if I really understand like I, I get the, I get the really easy to understand stuff, but the jams and you know twenty minute songs I don't understand right now. But the way this guy talks about music, this is really cool, and it made me think of like, and it's I think about the, the integrity that he talked. They're like it made me think of people like like. The way like Ian, Ian McKay, like, yeah. like Fugazi, the way I think about the musical integrity of Fugazi. A minor okay. threat, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, for me, like I love both. I love both minor and Fugazi, but Fugazi was a big deal band for me. Yeah, as a, a lot kid. of people, for a lot of people, yeah. Fugazi was a big deal. Big, big deal. And then that, then that even later, it started, I started connecting to their, the way they did things, which they're not like the dead, but. Every show they played, they didn't play the same song the same way twice. Right. And they would do cool stuff like when I moved to San Francisco, they flew out for Food Not Bombs uh, uh, anniversary. I don't know it was 15 year. I don't remember how. No, maybe 20. Okay. Uh, but anyways, they flew out to play that. They played it in Dolores Park. They played for free. They paid for their own tickets. They came out, did a show, and left. They weren't on tour. They just came out to support what they thought was like a really great cause. Right. And and just seeing stuff like that and just the way that they like, you know, like they wouldn't be in Rolling Stone unless Rolling Stone took all their liquor and, and tobacco ads out. Or <laughs> they wouldn't play Wallapalooza unless, of course, they brought the ticket price to like five or seven bucks. There was like looking at that stuff and – as far as I know, I don't know if the dead really took a stand on stuff like that, but they did. They did create their own world. They basically like, you know, they played fe- they played festivals and they played with other people, but they also did their own thing. Yeah, they so, didn't bow to the pressure that was around them. They created the pressure from the inside out. Yeah, and then like looking at the punk stuff, 
especially especially like like crass and and, and oh even wow <laughs> yeah for me, for me really like I I love crass too but Subhumans were just a really big band an important band for me and and Dick Lucas is still like walking his walk and talking his talk like and I was looking at him and I'm like he really he and crass band crass the band they're like, these are really kind they're kind of hippies really it, yeah it it <laughs> was an it to me in in looking back at it, hindsight, like it seemed like a, an evolution of the hippie thing based on the way the world was. Cause the, everything was getting a little more gritty and hardcore. In oh yeah. The world. And with like, you know, the cold war and it just the Reagan era. And then after that, it was just harsh. And mm-hmm. so the hippie thing became more harsh and became punk rock. Oh Yeah. I'm just realizing something here, listening to what you guys were just saying. Like punk rock, another connection I just made is they every band, as you guys are mentioning bands, the logos in my head. Yeah, every oh, band yes. had their own steely. I mean, as soon uh-huh. as you hear Subhumans, you see their logo. You see, you know, mm-hmm. social disorder. All of them had a certain branding, like mark that was just it's lasted throughout time and it's burned in your psyche yeah they're just popping in my mind as you mentioned that was one thing too dale i wanted to to ask you about like there's a thing happening with the iconography around the grateful dead right now yeah it's and it's i hate to use the word but fuck it's it's revolutionary with what's happening because for a long time grateful dead was the steal your face you know um rick griffin style lettering mm-hmm. and a skeleton mm-hmm. you know that was that was it really and you guys you online ceramics um jeremy dean and a bunch of others have single-handedly begun to change that aesthetic well i, I think it's just it's it seems to be like i think people are are even ready for it i mean i I, I, I saw Jer- I saw a sticker of Jeremy's graphic, like the original the original version of the sticker before I even like before I had Instagram and that that really that that sticker did spark to me. It was kind of like when you're a kid, you know, it's like when 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 you're young and you see a punk band, it makes you want to start a punk band. Yeah, you know, it was like that. I was like, shit, this is awesome, and I had been, you know doing doing my own art and i hadn't been doing t-shirts as my art i'd been working on like paintings and screen prints but um i'd been you know like i always kept like what i did for a living which was shirts separate and then i just would do paintings and stuff and i liked the painting but i was kind of hitting a wall where it wasn't doing for me what i wanted it to and and just even seeing that stuff was inspiring to me just to kind of take what my art is or what i consider my art and then be like kind of base it more around like like lo-fi, low-brow stuff like t-shirts and stickers and stuff like that. And it's it's been the most fulfilling and most enjoyable projects that I've that I can think of in the whole span of since I started pursuing art. Well, it oh, seems yeah. like a perfect juxtaposition and representation of who you are as a person. Because it's taking all of that punk rock aesthetic and it's mashing it together with the Grateful Dead and this it seems like that is an artistic representation of the person perfectly 
Well, like I, like I said, that's a cool thing is when, when that connects to people, when people will say, this is my favorite shirt or I am so glad that someone did this. I've, I've, this, you combine two of my favorite things. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool thing. It's a really cool thing. And I think, um, I think there's something liberating with working with other people's imagery, um, that like you're admitting, you're like, I, I did not create this, but here's a different way to look at it. A different there's perspective. It's something fun to do that. And then when you're doing that, then you, it also causes you to even come up with your own things and they definitely feed each other. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it needs to be said that like that style of art is beautiful. Like the, the older grateful dead stuff. That's awesome. And oh yeah, for me too, that's part of what attracted me to the dead in the first place. But people have treated it like a sacred cow for mm-hmm. a long time where everybody was afraid to change it or do something different. And now guys like you have shown everybody that it's okay to, to do something different. And I appreciate that, man. I really do. I think that's fucking awesome. Oh, well, thanks, man. I'm, um, I'm curious on what this will all look like. Well, what people will say about all this in like 10, 15 years. Yeah, I, you know what? I think that ten or fifteen years from now, it's going to be another evolution. And oh, I'm sure this is never going to stop. And we're all going to be hanging out together. And we're going to be fifteen years <laughs> yeah, older, yeah. a little bit crazier. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all going to be more gray, and you know, we're going to be those those old dudes and the old ladies, and mm-hmm. you know, at the shows, uh, and then I don't know. You know I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm good oh, with yeah. that. Man. I think that's that's part of the ride. So, I'm yeah, fucking it's a totally fun fine ride. with it. Yeah. So Dale, where can everybody get a hold of you and find your stuff? Um, easiest place is on on Instagram, and that's my name uh, at uh, D A L E D R E I L I N G Dale Dryling. Um, other than that, everything else stems from there. You can find, go to my website from there um, or my shop. That's pretty much a, a mostly mostly um, through Instagram and online at the current moment. Cool. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you're super excited about? Yeah, yeah. I got. Um, let's see. Let me let me see. I'm gonna try to remember all these. Um, I'm a. Uh, there's a there's a guy up in Portland. His name's Adam Spangler. Um, myself and a couple other people, and I, I don't want to give too much away. I want him to be the one who reveals all this. Okay. But uh, we're going to do a series of shirts based off of the uh, the Vanita show. Oh, um, shit. Uh, he's, I think it's Rucka Rucka Ranch or Rucka Ranch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, sorry, yeah. sorry for forgetting Adam off the top of my head. But anyways, um, I'm doing something with him. And it's, it's not just me and him. There's other people. Um, I think at some point uh, Jacob Sharp, a uh, lot Mart, is going to do another uh, Steely Zine. And we haven't talked. We we throw ideas back and forth, but um, I think there's a good chance I'll help him out on that again. Um, let's see what Hell else? Yeah. Uh, I uh, uh, Tomas, uh, who's Hemp Invaders, uh, he's down here in LA. He's a he runs a screen print shop. He and I are working on. Um, we have a. I'm going to do an artist series with him, which Rubinowski's done one with him already. 
Um, he's helping me print some shirts that his wife, Vanessa, who's um, Shop Ancient Future. Um, we're all working together. I'm going to put out a, a, a kind of a pretty special version of a shirt that I've done in the past that people seem to have really responded to well. That's going to come out sometime later this year. Um, You're a uh, fucking busy dude, <laughs> dude. I, 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 and that's I, I wasn't. I mean, I could keep going. I, I, I you know what? I like this, and yeah. and I work. I do. I, I do. I guess I do work a lot, but but I enjoy it. I'm um I'm working on something with um Chuck uh, Chuck Harris. You know, I'm from Ravens Reels. Yeah. Um, we're, 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 we, we've become good friends. He's a, um, he's a, a ex, just singular human being. That guy. I, he is a, very awesome person. Amen. Um, we're, uh, we, we've been talking and working out doing, let me do something with Ravens reels. I got it. I can't lie. I'd be stoked if I would get the chance to do something with CRB, but for right now we're, we're looking at a shirt. Um, don't know when and have an, we have an idea of more or less what it's going to be, but I'm just, it's on my list of things to do. We're going to get it done. And when it's ready to show, everyone will find out. Oh, I can't wait to see that right on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, other than that, I I'm staying pretty busy, uh, doing the paintings, the non dead stuff. Um, my friend, Chris Rex road, who, uh, who, uh, uh, he's partners in a gallery in LA called zero zero LA. Mm-hmm. They do these traveling shows called got it for cheap. They're actually, in, they're actually in Oakland right now. Um, the whole premise is, is bringing affordable art to people. And it's, that's cool. Nothing, yeah. Nothing that really taxes the artist too hard. It's not like asking you to give your big paintings away. You just been making eight and a half by 11, works on paper and selling them for 30 bucks. But the thing is, is you can't buy them online. You have to go to the show. Uh, so I've been doing that with him for two years now. And through that, is that where the Ren and Stimpy stuff came from? Yeah. 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 Okay. Those were, um, those weren't the $30 ones though. They do like higher price points. You know, they, when they've gone to, um, they'll do other shows like, like say this, this Sunday, right, or this Sunday and Saturday, they've been in Oakland. And they did a thirty dollars show one night, and then they're doing a hundred dollars show the next night, which is like an eleven by seventeen. Oh, All wow. pretty manageable stuff for people to make and for people to buy. And um, it's cool because um, through doing this and through other people that I know that have been partaking in it. Well, we're showing in all these cities that you'd want to. It's like they're taking us on tour. Yeah, it's like, like you know when like punk labels or even like in the 60s when like Motown would take their whole roster on tour and everyone would have like a couple songs and they would just all go like hit every city and every you know couple cities in every state it's kind of what got it for cheap is doing uh so that's really cool that. man yeah it's it's just all fun stuff um let's see what else um i did a i did a t-shirt graphic from apache a while ago i don't know when it's going to come out yeah, um, we're going to be interviewing them in two weeks. I can't yeah, fucking wait to talk to those guys. They're great. They're great. I love their shows. Um, and the, the, everyone, everyone from Shred has been very cool to me. So it's it's been great. I've worked with them on on like band stuff and side stuff. Um, I've got a buddy in uh, Ventura. His name's Jeff. Uh, Jeff Grimes. Um, I do work with him. He's doing a. Uh, 
be doing a um, a slide projection with live music accompaniment in Ojai. Uh, he's a. Uh, it's all based around. He took these slides and these photos of like there's a, a now extinct surf spot in Ventura. Reason being, it's extinct is it was it was a surf break that was formed of a sandbar that was created by an oil pier. Okay. Uh, I can't remember if it's Exxon or Mobil, which one it was, but whoever it was back in like 98, their, their lease or their contract for that was up with the state. So they had to tear it down. So the surf spot's gone. Okay. So he's, he's doing a, uh, he's doing a show up in Ohio uh, for that. I'm going to do a poster for him. So yeah, I, Got God a lot. Damn. Prolific is the word that comes to mind. <laughs> working, working. Busy dude. People have been coming, you know, like I've been, I've reached out to people and then people have come to me and, you know, all these, all these are like projects I, I pretty, I instantly said yes to. Oh, one thing I, I forgot that I did recently is um, Daniel Shapiro, the photographer in New York. I just did um, some painting for the cover of his, uh, of his book. Oh, uh, it's a shit. photo. It's a photo zine. I think they sold out now. I don't know if he's going to do a second edition, but he he went he went to many shows, but he went to City Field and Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. So he just took lot photos and on the floor photos, and you know, it's just it's just a photo essay on. It's a family lot, album. Lot. It is. It is, and you know, I've, I've already spotted one person I know in the photos. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah. sure everyone will everyone will probably do the same. That's fucking cool, man. Well, Dale, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us, brother. It's been uh, super fun. Super well, fucking you. cool, man. And maybe who knows? Maybe we'll be working together in the future. Well, I was gonna say not who knows. We're definitely gonna be meeting you in the future because <laughs> you know, we yeah. now we'll be coming down to LA in the future. And if you make it up here to the Portland area, like we always tell when you've got a place to stay, come visit. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to get back up to the Northwest. It's been it's been a long time since I've been up there. Yeah, man. If you come up here, hit us up, man. You and your wife can come by. We'll have dinner and hang out. Oh, gladly, gladly. That sounds awesome. Right on, brother. All right, man. We'll let you get back to your day. So go out there and kill it, man. Hey, thank you, thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank Bye. you, Dale. Later, bro. Bye. Bye, y'all.
Osiris. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.